Ruvain is at a wedding. He sees this guy. He doesn't know him. He says, uh, tell me, um, who are you? He says, me? I have this company in America. We make clothing with this huge company. I wasn't asking you what you own. I'm asking you who you are. The difference between what you own and uh, who you are. What's the most common word in the English language? What do people say more than any other word? Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> more than Coca-Cola. Okay. Um. You guys know? Um. More yeah, than um. Yeah, yes, dear. <laughs> you, you no, wife, what? Some, what? Some spouses wish we would say that more often, but there's actually a word we say way more often, and every one of us, of one of us says it way more often, and that is the word I. Oh, I. I. Everyone says the word I more than any other word. And the question is, what's stopping us from being who we really are, and who are we really? So let's go in this week's Torah portion. This week's Torah portion, we read about the war between Yaakov and the angel of Esau. Yaakov wrestles with the angel, and after he defeats the angel, interesting thing happens. He goes over to the angel, and the um, Yaakov asks the angel to bless him. And the angel says to Yaakov, what's your name? And he says, my name is Yaakov. So the angel says, your name will no longer be Yaakov anymore. From now on, your name will be Yisrael. Okay. Then Yaakov asks the angel, what's your name? And the angel says, why are you asking that? And then the angel blesses Yaakov, and that's the story. Many questions that arise in the story. Question number one is, if someone tries to kill you, God forbid, are you going to ask them, <laughs> oh, um, bless me? Oh, what's going on? Yaakov almost gets killed by this angel, and he says, oh, give me a blessing. And how come the angel isn't as polite as Yaakov? The angel asks Yaakov for his name, Yaakov says his name, and when Yaakov asks the angel for his name, he doesn't say his name, Yaakov doesn't press him for his name. What, what does that mean? And also, as a result of this fight, as a result of this wrestling match, the angel says something dramatic will happen to Yaakov. What's gonna, what dramatic change happens to Yaakov? From now on, his name is changed. And now he's no longer Yaakov. Now his name is Yisrael. Why does this match, this wrestling match with the angel, why does it result in the, name, the change of the name of Yaakov? Not just the change of the name of Yaakov, it's the change of the name of every one of us. We're all called Am Yisrael, the Jewish people. Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, the land of Yisrael, Torah Yisrael. Yisrael is a very prominent thing in our lives. It's essential. It's the central, most central thing in our lives. We are Jewish people. We are Yisrael. Why is this name something that's given to us as a result of this fight with the angel? What, is, what does that mean? So we're now approaching the 19th of Kislev, which is the anniversary of the liberation of the Alter Rebbe. This coming Monday night and Tuesday, the Alter Rebbe said anyone who celebrates on this day, he will take him out from dire um, constraints, dire, dire straits to abounding relief, and Amet Shalom will take him out from darkness to light. It's a huge blessing to participate in the Simcha of Yutet Kislev. And let's look at this from the, from the prism of Hasidut. Hasidut always gives a deeper insight into the story. And what Hasidut does, basically, is it tells us is that Yaakov and Esav are not just two people that we're reading about, they had their story, but in each of us we have Yaakov, and each of us has an Esav. It's not a historical book. It's something which is meant to teach us something. And uh, let's understand this from looking at a wondrous teaching from the Gemara, Tractate Chagiga, page 15. A teaching which has the power to really open our eyes and, and change lives. 
The Gemara says that there was a sage who lived after the destruction of the second temple. His name was Elisha ben Avuya. He had some tragic things happen in his life, and as all of these tragedies, he eventually stopped going on the OTD, as they say, on the derech. He wasn't on the road of Judaism. And he uh, instead, he got into um, Greek philosophy, he got into Greek music, and he uh, left, he rejected his, his Judaism. But he was a tremendous Torah scholar. Oh, yeah. to, to show you how much of a Torah scholar Eitan is on the ball, he's, he was once trying to concert with a certain harlot on a Shabbat, and she says, one second, aren't you the famous rabbi, Elisha Menavuya? So in order to prove that he wasn't, he did a violation of Shabbat on the spot. He took a, a vegetable, and he poured, pulled it out of the ground, and he gave her the vegetable, you see? Would it say to do that? He says, oh, you must be someone else. Acher, you are someone else. And that name stuck. He, from that day, time on, he was called Acher, somebody else. All the sages of Israel left him. They all said, well, this guy's not, he's not anymore worth our time. He doesn't have anything to teach us. He's, he left Judaism, except for one sage, his student, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir means light. Meir is about giving light. And Meir was able to see the inside of people. The Gemara says that Meir was someone, Rabbi Meir was someone who was able to, to see the inside. Not everyone can. And he's able to learn from him and yet not learn from him. It's a subtle thing. They have to learn from someone's good things. At the same time, not learn from their negative stuff. And Rabbi Meir was once walking with his teacher on Shabbat. Actually, Rabbi Meir was walking and his teacher was driving a horse against the violation of Shabbat. And they're going together. Imagine, Rabbi Meir, this great Torah sage, it's Shabbat, he's riding, riding a horse. Rabbi Meir is like trying to learn from him the deep secrets of the Torah that only his teacher had. If Rabbi Meir was following him, you must have, it must have been something amazing he was teaching him. But although he was teaching him such amazing things, his teacher said, you have to stop. You have to go back to the city. Why? 2000 almost. He said, I've measured with the steps of my horse <laughs> that we've walked between, uh, there's an argument, 3,000, 4,000 feet outside the city. On Shabbat, you're not allowed to walk outside of the city, more than 3,000, 4,000 feet. And I've measured with, with, the, with the steps of my horse that this is the limit. Imagine what kind of genius you have to be, that while you're talking about very deep things, you're still able to measure, and riding the horse, thank Maybe you. The horse was counting for him. <laughs> you're still measuring the steps of the horse, not just measuring the steps of the horse, you're also measuring the distance of each step of the horse. Each step of the horse is what, let's say 30, 40 centimeters, and he's measuring the steps of the horse while he's riding on the horse, while he's teaching the great secrets of the Torah, and he's able to figure that all out. Like, you, have to, you have to stop, you have to turn around. So the mayor, he turns to his teacher, and he says, you come back with me too. He didn't just mean simply, let's go back to the city. He meant chazorbach. He meant you should, you, should, you should come back, you know, with tears in his eyes. You should come back. Look at you. Look how, what kind of a genius you are. Look how, how conscious you are of, of this stuff. You should come back with me. So Elisha ben Avuya responds to Rabbi Meir. Acha responds to Rabbi Meir. And he says, I can't. Don't you know what happened to me? He says, I was once driving my horse. It was Yom Kippur. And I heard a voice come out from heaven. The voice actually came out from Meachorea Pargud. In the Gemara uses euphemisms to describe different levels of heaven. I heard behind the curtain. Behind the curtain means in heaven itself was way up there in heaven. I heard behind the curtain that God said, all of my wayward children, all of my children who are doing, doing foolish things, all of them should come back except for Elisha ben Avuya. I want all of them to come back except for me. What do you want me to do? So the question is, okay, that's the story. But the question is, the Rambam says, there's nothing that stands in the path of Teshuvah. A person wants to return to God, nothing can stop him. How come God says, 
Everybody except for you. How could that be true? How could God say that? Number two, we don't hear voices of God. We don't hear voices. How come this guy got to hear voices? This guy wasn't a great tzaddik anymore. He was someone who was doing all these terrible things. Yet he got to hear voices. How come we don't get to hear these voices? These voices are going on every day. There are voices that Shem says do to Shuvah. How come he heard these voices? So Salavechik is an incredible insight based upon another version of the story. But before we go to the other version of the story, I want to tell you another story about Rabbi Steinzaltz. Rabbi Steinzaltz, uh, he was giving a class in a university in Yerushalayim on Shabbat. And he walks out of the, the um, room of his class and he meets a professor, a professor of mathematics. And he tells, this professor says to him, oh, what class did you just give? He said, I just gave a class on Shabbat. Maybe you want to join. And the professor's like, let me tell you about my Shabbat. He says, during the whole week, I don't eat chazir. I don't eat uh, pork. <laughs> but on Shabbat, I make sure to eat pork. So I don't think I would be interested in your class. Rabbi Steinzal says, you and I are both very connected to Shabbat. My connection to Shabbat is, is that I learned more Torah, I make Kiddush, I eat the Chalah, and your connection to Shabbat is that you eat Chazir on Shabbat. That's your connection to Shabbat. This really touched this guy. And it, it, it was profound what he was saying. This guy felt something in him, a connection to Shabbat. He wanted to do something with it. He didn't feel like he wanted to embrace it. He didn't want to become that guy. He didn't want to become that, that weirdo who keeps Shabbat. But he didn't want, he didn't know how to let go of it either. So what did he do? He ate Chazir on Shabbat. That's how he kept Shabbat. That's how he expressed his connection. Let's go back to Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya, according to the other version of the Talmud, Jerusalem Talmud, it says like this. The day he was driving his horse wasn't just Yom Kippur. It was Yom Kippur that fell out on Shabbat. Like we're talking about the Holy of the Holy of the Holies. Yom Kippur fell out on Shabbat. He wasn't just driving his horse anywhere. He was driving his horse next to behind the Kosh HaKadashim. In Yerushalayim, by the Kotel, behind the Kotel, next to the Kosh HaKadashim. That's who was driving his horse. And that's where he heard a voice. But the voice didn't say it like the Babylonian Talmud. The voice said, return all my children except for Acher. What does that mean? Which one did God say? There's a known rule in the Talmud. You can't have an argument about, about facts. Everything in Torah is true. So if they're arguing about facts, it can't be because one of the th- two things happened. Which one did God say? Did God say, return to me all my children except for Acher or except for Elisha ben Avuya? And the answer is, Elisha ben Avuya, he has a fire in him. He has a fire in him that wants to be close to God. And his fire is very confused because of all the tragedies he experienced, all the questions he experienced. So because of all these questions, he has no to do with his fire. It has no to do with all this yearning, this Jewish feeling, I want to be connected. A Jew does not want, says the Al-Tareb, and cannot sever his bond with God. But what does he do with the fire? So he decided, I want to kill this fire. I want to extinguish it. I want to erase it. How am I going to erase it? I'm going to go with my horse to the Holy of Holies, to the Beis HaMikdash. Why do you go over there? He didn't live near, near Yerushalayim. He drove specifically over there, on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, the Torah on Shabbat, to say, this isn't me. This isn't me. I know this isn't me. I want to get rid of it. It's not me. So what did Hashem tell him? All of a sudden a voice came out from inside of himself. Dude, this is you. You are a Jew. Your real desire is to be close to Hashem. This isn't you. This is Acher. This is somebody else. Hashem says, return to me 
Throw away the stranger. You're not a stranger. You're, you're Elisha ben Avuya. You have never rejected me, never a traitorous to me. You never left me. You're always faithful to me. This guy is covering you. This stranger is covering you. Throw away the acher. What often happens is that when we hear something, we hear what we, what we are what we are, um, more conducive to hear. We hear things the way we want to hear them. So what did he hear? Oh, you don't want me. Oh, you don't want me. Hashem was saying, don't pretend to be a stranger, you're my child. But what he heard was, that's a Babylonian Talmud says, I don't want you to return to me. I don't want Elisha ben Avuya. I don't want you. God was saying to him, his soul was saying to him, you aren't a stranger, you're a child of Hashem. But the way he heard that, the way that entered his consciousness was, oh, you don't want me, God. And therefore, what did he do? And sometimes in a split second, a person can make a big mistake. And, and it's hard to come back. What happened? He went off with his horse, and that image of who his inner self was, he, he didn't get back in his lifetime. So this is also connected to how we began our discussion today with Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov, his whole life is connected to Esav. Yaakov's birth, when Yaakov was born, he's a twin with Esav, he's holding on to the heel of Esav. Yaakov, is supposed to be blessed by his father. Instead, Esau is going to get blessed. He has to wear the clothing of Esau to get the blessing. The whole life, Yaakov is struggling with his identity. Is he someone connected to Esau? Or is he or is he not connected to Esau? Who is he? This is the story of each of us. Are we connected to Esau or not? No. So Yaakov meets the angel of Esau. Thank you. Oh, one guy here knows how to say the truth. Yaakov is... Yaakov is... Our father. Ah. So why 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 to why to Esav? Because Ava he had he had one son that he was coming straight to Israel away. He he bring Esav. It's like a two twin. Once once Esav once Akov. So Esav took Esav Esav away and he did Akov. Excellent. Fantastic, fantastic. You are saying the truth. You said finally the truth. L'chaim, l'chaim. Beautiful, l'chaim. Ah, you brought it, just woke us all up. This is real. So, when Yaakov saw the angel of Esau, what is he trying to do? What's the angel trying to do? The angel is trying to take away the blessings of Yaakov. Think about it. Yaakov, his mother knew he was righteous. Why didn't she ever just tell her husband, you know what? The good son really want you is really Yaakov. Let me tell you what's going on. She doesn't tell him. One of the explanations is, is that whenever a Jew, future generations, will feel they're an Esau, they feel they're not connected to Hashem, they feel that they've done all these things that makes them totally disassociated with their soul, they deserve the blessing of God. They're still able to receive a blessing of Hashem. Yaakov blesses, Yitzhak blesses Yaakov when he's wearing the clothing of Esau. Even when we're wearing the clothing, clothing of Acher, and it looks like we're somebody else, Yitzhak blesses us. Hashem tells us, each Jew is deserving of Hashem's blessing, and your real identity is Yaakov. Meanwhile, you're wearing the clothing of Esau, you're wearing the clothing of Acher, you're not somebody else. When Yaakov meets the angel, he wrestles the angel, he wins the angel, and the angel says to Yaakov, what is your name? He says, I'm Yaakov. I'm the one who always fights with Esau. And I'm struggling with my issue with Esau. What does angels say? Your name is no longer Yaakov. Your name is Israel. What's Israel mean? Yisrael, the letter is Yili Rosh. You are connected to the Rosh. You're connected to Hashem himself. You're not the guy who's struggling with Esau. 
The angel, you have to understand, the angel doesn't respond to Yaakov as politely as Yaakov. Yaakov says to the angel, what's your name? And the angel says, why are you asking my name? He wasn't impolite. That was the answer. The answer was, why you ask my name? That's the right answer. Why is that the right answer? There are different opinions in Midrash how the angel looked like to Yaakov. One opinion is the angel looked like a bandit. Another opinion is the angel looked like a businessman. Another opinion is the angel looked like a Torah scholar. What does that mean? Inside ourselves also, we have sometimes a voice in us which says, you know why you can't be connected to your Judaism? You know why? Because you don't do this. This is bad. This is not a good idea to do mincha. It's not a good idea to put on films. It's not a good idea to get stuck up. Stop. The, our evil side comes to us like a bandit. Just straight up, do the wrong thing. Other times, the evil inclination side of us says to us, I don't, it doesn't say do the bad thing. It only says, it says you're a businessman. You're busy. You're into, you're into business. You learn Torah here and there. You get stuck here and there. But you're not really connected. You're a businessman. It's not for you. It's not, God doesn't really mean you. You're not the guy who God means. You're a businessman. And other times, Yitzhar appears, appears to us like a Torah scholar. What does it mean he appears to us like a Torah scholar? It says when God made the world, he made the evil. He made the Satan. When God made the Satan, what did God say? You know what God said when he made the Satan? Or you know what God, what did God said when he made the Satan? You don't know? When God made the Satan, anyone know? What did God, you know, he made the Satan, he said, this is very good. Everything else he said was good. The number one thing God made was the Satan. This is very good. Why is it very good? The answer is, the Satan says to you, he dresses like a Torah scholar. He says, don't just be good. Be very good. I mean, she tries to put you up against a, um, a, 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 a um, yardstick you can't achieve. Oh, you want to page of Talmud? Huh, you should have learned 10 pages. You, you, you concentrated on Mincha, you should have concentrated more. You should have done the before. He tries to say to you to do things that you're not able to do, and when you don't measure up to that, what does he say to you? You see you're, a, you, you're worthless. You see you're nothing. That's what the evil inclination tries to compress upon us. He tries to say to us, you are Acher. You are not Yaakov. You are not connected. You are somebody else. That's what the angel told Yaakov. Why ask him my name? He was saying to him, we don't have a specific name. The Yitzhahara, the evil inside of us, puts all kinds of clothing on. You only to tell us one message. He's trying to say to us one thing, you don't belong. Either you don't belong because you're a businessman, you don't belong because you try to tell us to do straight out the wrong thing like the, like the bandit, or he dressed like a Torah scholar and says, you don't measure up against the yardstick of who you're meant to be. What's the response to this? What's the response to this? It says that Yaakov... Uh, last point, last point, I'll let you go, Aaron. This last point, I want you to hear this. I know, I know you have, he has a patient over there. Where, 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 under, where, where, I'll, I'll be back in a second. <laughs> I hope not. Wow. I hope not. Anyways, listen, I just want to hear this. The last point. He said that there's two words in the Torah, two identical words in two different places. It says Yaakov was alone when the angel fought with him. And it also says that God's name is alone. So he says like this. God's name being alone, what that means, God's name will be exalted alone, means Mashiach comes. There's no evil in the world. There's no darkness in the world. We just feel good. No sickness. There's no suffering. There's no evil. God's name is exalted alone. That's what that Pasuk means. The other Pasuk is Yaakov is alone. How do you and I bring Mashiach? How do we get in touch to our deepest self? How do we get inside, in touch with our Yisrael? Lirosh is by realizing that there's nobody else. That your mission is the only mission that there is. The whole world is created just for you. When you feel that Hashem, the whole world, <coughs> that the mission of Hashem, about coming to Mashiach, is about you and you taking care of your area in the world, 
That's how you're able to vanquish all kinds of voices in you that say you don't belong. And that's how you're to bring in the usher in the time of the coming Mashiach. So only you and you alone. L'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim. Thank you, thank you much. Any other questions, comments?